Jay Geyer, welcome to the Private Practice. I've got my coffee cup in case I forget the name of the podcast, right? The Private Practice Playbook Podcast. So uh, this podcast is designed for doctors and their families and teams that are, you know, what I call the independent practitioner, basically the backbone of you know, the, the, the backbone of America, you know, <laughs> like where the action is, right? Really uh, hardworking people who are uh, doing their best to serve their patients and uh, have, a, you know, take care of their team, take care of their families and active in their community. And we've been doing a series of, and it's been a lot of fun, just getting to interview some of uh, the clients that I'm lucky enough to get to work with. And so today you guys are in for a real treat. So we're going to spend uh, an hour or so with somebody who's really uh, just number one, a fantastic guy. And, you know, one of the things I love, and I think this is true, like a lot of you, when you develop a practice that you think about who your patients are and you protect your team, you know, you end up actually really liking all your patients, not, you know, I, so for anyone out there who doesn't like their patients, I'm going to tell you that it's probably you're, you probably need to be concerned about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you really want to have patients that you like and you care about. And and just from a standpoint of protecting your team, you know, one of the things I've always done is I try to run people off. So if they're mean people or I think they're not going to be fun to work with, it's I sort of try to run them off. And so uh, I've got Dr. Bob McCullough with me today. So, Bob, thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure, Jay. It's, uh, Bob is literally probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met, his wife Karen, his whole family. And so it's just been an absolute pleasure. And uh, on behalf of everybody here, you know, we want to thank you for um, just being a fantastic client. And it's been 11 years. Do you believe that? I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's just flown by. <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah, but it, it they do say that the more we've lived, that the faster they go by, right? Amen. So eleven years. So you, um, what you've been married? What coming on forty years or more? Forty years in October. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. And you and and it's still Karen one, right? There's not been a second Karen, right? This is the entire time. No. And, and your all wife. the whole time, Karen. <laughs> I've had the one, privilege, one and only. Yeah, to she, meet her. Her name's Karen, but she's not a Karen. Yeah, she's awesome. Well, so um, two kids, um, uh, Turlock, California. So tell them a little bit about like where you practice. Just let's sort of start with that. Um, what that town's Church. like. Yeah. Turlock is right smack dab in the middle of the state. Um, we are probably halfway between San Francisco and Yosemite, halfway between Fresno and Sacramento, right in the heartland where 90% of the world's almonds come from. We're surrounded with turkey ranches, chicken ranches. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of agriculture. We have a lot of farmers that are patients, but we have a lot of people that live here and also people that commute to the Bay Area, crazy as that is. Yeah. Well, it's funny. California really does have a diverse, you know, sometimes when you get into those 
parts of California like that, I think people are shocked. It's kind of like when people talk about New Jersey. You know, there's really lovely parts of New Jersey, but nobody really thinks that's true, right? They see no, it as no. a beach town or whatever. Everybody thinks I'm at the beach. And, yeah. You know, people call me on the phone. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it. No, no. <laughs> Couple hours away. <laughs> well, so, all right. So 11 years ago, it's kind of funny. I was, uh, you know, you and I met, and, and I think uh, – at the time, I had I was doing a series that I called the Exit Strategy Seminar, and uh, it, it attracted a lot of people who wanted to quit. Right? Exactly, I was one of them. <laughs> so you were you were seeking the exit, right? That was kind of was that really the? I mean, we'll go through oh, your whole history, but yeah. I think when you and I yeah. met, right, that was really where your head was, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I got your email, come to the exit strategy in Phoenix, and uh, Karen and I, we came down there, and it uh, wasn't what we expected, that's for sure. So let's go back. So you, you know, obviously you, you know, and just so you guys understand, he is a, we'll go through kind of, we're, we're going to sort of go, I think it's important to go to these about going through the life of a dentist, because I think there's, for everyone who's younger, there's a lot to learn. And I think, I think our story of how we progress and end up where we are is really, I know a lot of times you guys don't love talking about it, but I think it's really helpful and, and, and inspirational how the, how the, how the road winds a little bit. Um, and, you know, I know you're a man of faith, so I know in, in your walk and that certainly God plays a big part in, you know, how you make decisions, if I can say that on your behalf. But Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and so let's let's talk about it. So did you grow up in California? Was that? Yeah, you... I grew up in Southern California, uh, near Long Beach. Uh, I came along as a surprise uh, oh, wow. to my parents. Uh, my dad always referred to me as the change of life baby. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't know how to take that, yeah, but right. yeah, I had, when I came along, I have two sisters, one's 20 years older than I am, one's 16, and the older one already had two kids by the time oh, wow. I came along. So my mother at the time was 46, my dad was 54, you know, can you imagine your age, Jay, with baby coming? Wow. <laughs> um, anyway, and my mom tried to hide the fact that she was expecting, you know, it's Southern California, probably 80 degrees. And I, I heard she walked around with a, a coat to cover the fact. <laughs> yeah, I came along and, and, you know, my parents were born, uh, my dad was born in 1901 and my mom in 1910 and they went through the depression. And you know, so I grew up in that mentality, kind of a lower middle income mentality, you know, never was never enough. Wow. Isn't that interesting? So and that obviously affected you, right? I mean, you that was that was how they brought you up, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and so it, it it was always tight, always tight. And your dad passed away when you were young. How old were you? It, I was sixteen. Wow. Yeah, sophomore sophomore in high school. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. He had been a chain smoker all his life, and that was heart attack number three, I think. Wow, I always whenever I hear that, it just it just shocks me, right? So did you, so did your mom ever get remarried, or did she? No. Okay. No. So no. you so you really had to kind of become independent at a pretty early age. Yeah, absolutely. 
And, and, and fortunately, I had good grades and uh, I was able to get a, a scholarship to USC. And, but that was in mechanical engineering, nothing related to dentistry. Well, I was reading a little bit about your bio, and there's a story about you walking past the dental clinic. Tell me about that. Like, <laughs> well, every day I'd park in the parking structure and walk past the dental school and on my way to the engineering school. And I saw all those guys out there in their, their white lab coats looking pretty cool, enjoying life. And I was walking my way over to engineering school with my slide rule and T-square and... and <laughs> You know, pocket protector and all that stuff. So comparatively, you thought becoming a dentist was going to be cooler. <laughs> I love yeah, that. yeah. Well, well, I love that. Most, mostly calculus kicked me in the butt. And, and I, I was always good at math until I got to calculus. And I figured, well, engineering's not for me. And yeah. I decided maybe health sciences, medicine, something. Not exactly sure what I was going to do. But yeah, I did dentistry kind of intrigued. Okay. And so um, you, you, so you end up going to dental school. I'm assuming, did you have anyone who you knew was a dentist or was this just kind of walking by no, and saying? No, I just, I, I became a patient at the school uh, when I was in undergrad, uh, but no, no dentist, no, no healthcare in my family. Okay. So you, I mean, give me the starting days, right? You, you, you graduate. Your what was the what was the talk among the graduates about? You know the big dream. You know, like what was what, what was everybody well, thinking we, back then? We were all going to go get associate jobs. That that was the deal. And uh, I I did get an associate job. I was in uh, Southern California for an older dentist, and uh, it, it was very outdated. His thinking was very outdated, and it just wasn't uh, a good combination, but it, it was a job. Okay. And so how long did you do that? I mean, versus start, when did you start your own practice? Well, I was there. That was still in Southern California. I probably worked there for three months and I was getting married and the situation wasn't good. So my wife and I went off, uh, got married Hawaii for two weeks. When we came back, and it took two hours to get from L.A. Airport to our home, 20 miles away. We decided, well, maybe we don't want to be in Southern California all of life. So I started calling dental supply companies, and uh, I said, we job somewhere. And the guy said, well, I got a great job for you in Turlock. And I go, where is Turlock? I never heard of it. Wow. Same state, but I never heard Yeah. So... Yeah, heard about a job in Turlock, and uh, we decided to drive up about five hours north of us, and we came up. We liked it, a small town. It was had a college. My wife was still going to college for business school, and uh, I came up and started working a month uh, after we got married. She came up a month later and been here ever since. That was 40 years ago. Can you remember, like, that trip and that funny how – like, do you remember making the drive or all that? Like, is that even, or is it, oh, is it absolutely. vague? Yeah. Yeah. We had my two door Toyota Corolla with no air conditioning. <laughs> it's perfect. Bolted up the Turlock. Yeah. <laughs> We're there to take over and yeah, take over the world. Right. 
So you, um, all right. So so tell me what happened. So you you buy the practice. You bought somebody's practice, or did you start from scratch? Now, what was we, actually, yeah, I worked there for about a year and a half, and we didn't see eye to eye, and decided uh, there was a new building going up down the street. We talked to the guy, and uh, we went to our banker and borrowed $60,000 and equipped a little three-op office and just started from scratch with our paper appointment book, and off we went. Wow, that's fantastic. And so did you um, – so let's talk about those early years, like just – I mean, being sort of a depression baby, I'm assuming that – paying for help wasn't high on your list of priorities, right? I'm assuming you were doing everything <laughs> well, I, yourself. Well, Karen worked for me. Yeah. So there wasn't much expense there. She was working the front desk and we hired right. one assistant and that was pretty much the team. Yeah. So what do you remember what happened? Like how long it like what it what it kind of got to in, in that like what did you sort of cap out in that space and then how long were you there? Well, well, for about 10 years, we just kind of grew slowly, yeah. you know, really not knowing what we're doing, really. And then I started working with a, a consultant back in 96. So okay. I've been about eight, nine years into the practice. And uh, it was old dental boot camp with Walter Haley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Walter Haley. Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys. And, and, and we started growing. And, and I think the next year we had our first million dollars year in production so and we worked with them for a few years and then we worked with another company and then uh you know it's gradually you know i, I figured out i i didn't know everything i, I needed to have coaching i needed yeah. to have mentors and 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 each ran their course over time but uh you know you pick what you use what works for you and then go from there yeah no definitely it's funny a lot you know i mean I never, uh, I hear, I have heard his name from, you know, Walter Haley for many years. Some people will say, oh yeah, you kind of remind me of him. You know, I get a lot, I get oh. that sometimes, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's good or bad or, well, or pieces. Well, I, I of, think you're, you're, in, in fact, you can relate to people. I think that, you, to me, Walter was like my grandpa. Uh, he was like uh, the person you went to and he would, you know, talk things over. Yeah, Walter was a salesman. He, he grew up in the Depression, and he was selling insurance. That's the <laughs> toughest thing you have to sell. Wow. And he ended up buying the company, and then he was teaching this system of huh. his of selling. So it was basically how to sell stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of people who, who sort of teach that stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, so, how, so you, like... You have now moved in, sort of fast forwarding, and we'll get to this story. But you, you have, uh, you take, you've taken kind of a big, big step, and you've built really an incredible, you know, award-winning design practice, and 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 you now have legacy of a daughter working in there as as an associate, and so kind of so how many offices to get to that, right? So you have the first office. Yeah, the first office yeah. was it came became four ops okay. we there from eighty six to two thousand. Okay. Uh, in ninety eight, because we were growing, we bought a medical office near the hospital and okay. renovated that, and 
and that was eight ops. And we figured that's the last office we'll ever need. So that was in 2000. So that was the office you had when you started using us? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, and obviously, you know, we, when, you, when we talk about that plateau, how did that affect you? Like, was your practice plateaued? Was it, I mean, did you go for periods of time where it really didn't grow or kind of just I made think, a living? I think from about... 2000 to 2007, eight, probably when that real estate stuff was going on, we were growing pretty steadily. Um, and then I started getting burned out. I was just, you know, I was trying to do everything. I was the only doctor and uh, I, I had cut back to just three days a week and pretty much the office was just open three days mm. a week. And, uh, and, I, and it just, I had no energy and, and being ambitious, I guess, I, I just got into debt. You know, we, we owed money on the building. We, uh, I owed lines of credit. I had credit card debt, but all that stuff was just piling. But from the outside, everyone would think, right? Oh, no, nobody had a clue. Yeah, the outside. yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like you're yeah. supposed to be at the pinnacle, but yet really all this is sort of the under undercurrent, right? Like, right. That's hard to deal with. I'm assuming that's that part is probably part of the stress, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It just weighs on you. And then you think you're, you know, you're working hard, you're in there doing what you're supposed to do. And, and, and it just not coming in like you think it should. Yeah. So do you think there's a, I mean, did, did looking back on it, do, was there, I mean, do you think there was some pride in that? Like what, what, what caused you to decide? So I, so, so how did you get to me? Was it, do you remember? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. There, there is a lot of pride. And I, and I, I've heard you say this, that we as dentists or any profession we take on, that's our identity. That's who we yeah. are. And, and that plays a big part in it. But how I first heard about you is getting emails about the uh, phone uh, okay. answering. Yeah. You know, how, how's your phone getting answered? Here's a recording of your phone. And I think I bought the CDs and really didn't do anything with it. And then I started getting these emails about the exit strategy in Phoenix. And I was coming up. This was probably the end of 2011. Yeah. Sorry, get those. Uh, you were sweetening the pot, I remember. You say, I'll pay for your hotel room. I'll give you the seminars for free. Yeah. And, you know, being an Irishman, you know, you can't pass up a free offer. Oh. So Karen and I, we uh, said, let's, let's do this. Let's go see. Maybe this is a good way to get out of it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but at that time, she had a leg injury and she was in a wheelchair. And, we, we made it down there and and instantly we, we realized this isn't about selling practice. Jay's got something else going, but uh, yeah, that's how we got with you. So, so I'm assuming, you know, and that was kind of, I, well, it was about selling the practice, but I said, before we talk about that, can we talk about reality, right? Like let's, let's talk about reality. Right. And, and I think yes. I, if I, if I recall correctly, that event, I sort of had, 
I sort of took this, what I called the average dentist. And I think that must have hit home with you, right? Like, Oh, it was me. It was me. Uh, you said the average dentist was like 55, burnt out, ready to sell practice, half a million dollars in debt. I was, I was above that number. But yeah, other than that, that was me. So, so, so obviously at this point, is Karen still working? In, I'm assuming she was still working in the practice at that point. No. No, no she, she wasn't. Okay. No, she, she, she was out. Um, is a life coach. She's a certified life coach. So she gotcha. Okay. And so uh, you sort of ascended up the ranks fairly quickly. I mean, I'm looking at some statistics. Since you became a client, you've had a 420% increase in new patients. Now, back then, did you even, were you even really interested in new patients? Was that anything or was that just more work? <laughs> I think to my team, it was just too much work. But, you know, back then we were kind of focusing on big cases and figured, you know, it was like a, a model that you don't need a lot of new patients. You just need the right new patients. And, just suck all um, the blood out of the ones you have, huh? That's it. That's <laughs> it. I give them the chair and don't let them out. <laughs> I mean, it is but funny it, when you say it, though, isn't it? Like, I know you didn't think that's what you were doing. No. Right? Nobody does. That's what I think is so great. With nothing, nothing like hiding behind the word quality for planning to extract every possible, do you know, I mean, isn't that funny? It's like every doctor I meet who's doing that, they all take this high road, you know? Oh, yeah. I think it's yeah. interesting. We were definitely trying to do that road. Yeah. I think we were averaging maybe 10, 11 new patients a month back at that time. Yeah. And so, and in 2022, you had, looks like 1,342 new patients. So that that's, a, that's, right. that's a little bit of a difference, huh? Yes. Tell me what you, having gone through this and, and thinking about the way you looked at it, that's about 112 a month. How, what have you learned or what, what, maybe what breakthroughs have you had about really understanding how new patients is, is sort of a byproduct of the value you create in their lives? I mean, is that a shift that you made somewhere along the way and said, wow, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta help more people and that actually, I mean, tell me about that. Well, yeah, yeah, I, we, we definitely have that mindset yeah. that, you know, I think it came from that first meeting with you that, um, you know, even leading before that, you talked about faith and we were, I was asking God, are you done with me hmm. this? And when we heard you, we, we got the idea of, you know, how can we help more people? And the byproduct of that is how can we give away more? Yeah, that, that generosity, and that's the two things that resonated with us at the beginning was the getting out of debt, and yeah. and then how we can help more people. So you, um, you pretty much attacked that debt. I think at that event, I taught my system for paying off debt, and that 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 thing really, that was something that 
I, I know from every time I saw you after that, you, you, you just would report back like, hey, I mean, you knocked out that debt quick, right? You followed that. Oh. I'm assuming you just followed that system to the T, right? And just every day I got on, I got online and, and I said, can I, can I do you 10 bucks? Yep. No, can I do a hundred bucks? Can I do a thousand bucks? And just every day, just hit it, hit it, hit it, got rid of credit cards first, Good got for rid you. of line of credit next. Then we worked on the home mortgage and then finally the building. So. so at the end of that, I guess there was a level of freedom, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because all that money that was going out on interest and debt repayment then became savings and, and for specific things. And the daily transfers that you taught me to do, I don't know, I, I tell my people that, you know, I probably got 20 different accounts that I yeah. working with and, and they all have a purpose. And the byproduct of all that was leading up to the time we realized we were outgrowing our other building. We had war chests ready for this building. So, it, but you know, I, it's funny and in, you know, I've been through the ramping up debt paying it down, becoming debt-free, you know, a couple of times in my life and, and following getting that debt paid off, I come up with the biggest, most ambitious goals ever, right? Isn't that funny how, oh, yeah. like, you, you know, you don't realize it's burdening you in a way, right? And, and, and so for everyone listening, if you have a lot of debt, I mean, I, I, I really do feel that you know, and, and I think your story is a testament to this, that at that moment, you can't feel that burden and you can't really understand it. But if, if you know, you're describing yourself being at really the, you know, you know, we're talking about being at 55, you know, mid 50, that's the peak of your, I mean, really, that's when you're the smartest, you know what I'm saying? It also is, by the way, the peak of expenses. So I think 52, they say, is the peak of expenses. So, but, but really, when you think back about it, how you couldn't, how, you know, and I love that you're being honest about being burned out, right? Because how do you go burned out to being really inspired, right? And, and one of those things is, is releasing yourself of the burden of the debt, right? It's, oh, yeah, that was huge. That was huge. I, I think that's yeah. something a lot of people don't, don't understand, particularly when they're under it. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to think of this building 11 years ago when we first met, it would have been a daunting and, and yeah. we would have had to, my thought process back then was how am I going to, how am I going to do this? And there's no way I can do it on my own. And that's why I've learned a lot from you is the question of not how do I do it, but who do I get? It. Yeah. Which is, was not in your natural DNA, right? I mean, no. is debt controlling your life? Imagine if it suddenly vanished. Your house gets paid off. You make your last car payment. You never have to think about your student loan again. With Jay's Debt Reduction and Wealth Accumulation System, you will set a target date to pay off your debts and learn the simple step-by-step -step system designed to keep you on track, paying off your debts fast. Call us today and mention this podcast to get 10% off. 770-518-7575. So, so let's, okay, so let's, so you, you come to an event, I mean, I remember that event vividly. I still do this one on occasion. I think it's one of the, I, I still think it's one of the, 
best things, one of the best little one day things I ever created. Right. And so it's, I love to hear how impactful it was, but you know, but you took the road of saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to follow this. Then you get the benefit of what happens after. A lot of people, they like to prejudge things and think, oh, you know. So I think that's the other part that we get war- we get rewarded for discipline, you know, like, right? Which is, that's, I think, what yes. you got. Like a, And so you would come to meetings and I would, so I get the great privilege of, like you said, I met you guys and poor Karen's in a wheelchair. <laughs> He's got a, a broken leg. And so the next time you guys come and, you know, it's like, and I watch, I sort of get to watch people's faces and their expressions. And you're one of those guys who I, I think time has gone the opposite, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's what everybody tells me. You know, you, you're, you're looking younger than you've ever. So I, it's, I it's true. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not pandering to you. You know, I don't do that. But like, it is, that's awesome, right? So at what's going on on this whole time while this whole time is you're doing this work is that you're sort of getting this new energy seemingly a new outlook you're maybe taking care of yourself better right so you end up you end up using that debt reduction system you start banking money now what's going on with the girls you have two lovely girls uh Catherine Emma so kind of walk through what was happening with them well about the time I was burnt out uh, Catherine was in college and uh, she was a communication major minoring in law and thinking about and she was minoring in Japanese as well huh. she went over to Japan and she was thinking about being there and teaching English and about that time the uh, California schools were laying off tons of teachers so you had all these professional teachers that were applying for jobs in Japan to go Ah. So she didn't get the job in Japan. So she came home and started working for us at the uh, the old office as a hygiene assistant. And then she was working her way up. And then she you know, she became my personal assistant via a meeting you had. Yeah. And now, now she's our COO. She's running the operations of the practice. And Love it. Just just you know blooming in that role. Yeah. And um, my younger daughter, Emma, at the time, she's going to hygiene school. And she became a hygienist with us and worked for us for seven years as a hygienist. And it was at one of your meetings, I, I remember she was talking to you, and you'd asked her flat out, are you using all your God-given abilities? Mm. And she was thinking to herself, no. And you know, she decided to go to dental school. And she went, even though she had a baby she had a three-month-old baby going off to dental school which we didn't want to see her leave the area with our first grandchild but, uh, <laughs> yeah. she, she could leave her here and go yeah but no no she she went down to southern california and now she's back with us as one of our associate doctors and she's just loving it wow so you um you know I think it's interesting. I mean, clearly you're a guy, though, who when you hear something that's right, it resonates with you and you follow it. Yes. I mean, so you have a strength in follow through, obviously, which is 
very notable, right? And I think a lot of people, you know, they might be listening to this, they have that skill, but they're not using it, you know, because they right. won't get off the couch and go learn about, <laughs> do some of this stuff, you know? Right. So how, how great is it to have both of them work? Is this, is this? Oh, it, it's just, it's just, every day's a blessing. You know, you walk into the building and, and yeah. Catherine's here most of the days and Emma, Dr. Carpenter's here other days. And, and then I get to see him more than Karen does, but uh, you know, they're, they're awesome and they love their jobs and, uh, and they love helping other people. That's, that, that's for all of us. It, the, the best thing about all this growth is we've been able to hire more people. We've grown from a staff of like 10 to 36, I think at the current time. And just seeing those people grow are, are people that we've made team leaders. They're growing and they're mentoring mm -hmm. and, and then all the patients that we can help. And then, and then besides that, the, the people we can help outside the practice with, uh, through what we learned from you and generous givers that you sent us to, we, we set up a family fund that we can nice. help our local libraries and farmer's market. And, That's awesome. And just all kinds of stuff that just flows from just what do you, following what, what, what's could you imagine, I mean, and maybe you don't want to, but if you had just taken the taken the exit, what you would be doing with your time and what you would have missed out on? I would have missed out on a lot. And uh, I'm very thankful that I did take that route. Yeah. No, I mean, that's it's crazy to think. You know, it's not, obviously we can't do that comparison, but I do think it is something you can, you do get to look at. So, yeah, I remember reading a book years ago. It was called uh, Three Feet Old. Mm -hmm. It's about these guys that mined and mined in California, up ah. in the foothills here. And, and they mined for years and gave up. Somebody else took over the, the claim and, and they dug three feet deeper and they, they hit the gold, biggest yeah. vein ever. So it just. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. Persistence, right? Pays off. Yes. That's for sure. Yes. So. Um, but, at, but at the core, I mean, you had that depression upbringing, you were referring to sort of that, you know, your Irish nature. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff you're describing is very, uh, right. You, you countered some of that and, and clearly, so let's talk about that. You, um, so paying off debt. So were you always a religious person? Were you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We, were, right. we were brought up, uh, my mom more so, but she would, she worked in the church nursery when I was growing up. So we um, would walk to church every Sunday morning. That's interesting. So I think a lot of, uh, I don't know, we'll call them, well, I don't want to call them churchy people, but, you know, kind of what we consider to be, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, so here you have this faith, but really you didn't have a lot of faith uh, when it came to this. Isn't that interesting? Right. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> it, 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 it comes down to relying on yourself too much. Uh, yeah. And, and I, and I was definitely guilty of that. 
but you know, I in a think, lot of areas, yeah. but I, I meet a lot of doctors and, and, you know, they'll sort of, you know, you, you sort of, you know, they, they, I'm always, I, I, I find it, it, it's like in a conflict to me because I, I've read so much in the Bible about money and I've been to so many different, uh, very inspirational things about how, how God wants you to be generous and how, you know, and, and, and it's not the jewel, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a prosperity teaching, but this idea that, you know, and, and so it, so many people you meet, they sort of, they, 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 they will claim to have a faith, but yet they're not, it's clear that they don't have faith in like what they do for a living, right? Like they're not leaning in and like what it took for you to build that building. And well, let's talk a little about that. That was a, and again, you, you had been prepared for it because you had paid off your debt and you had saved money, but that's still a big leap of faith, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and it, it's a meeting you had down in Phoenix. Uh, uh, you invited yeah. us. There's probably like 60 doctors there. If you want to build a building and, I remember clearly you you asked every dentist in the room a question: What do you need to know to build a building? And you just went person to person to person, and you know all of us sixty high fact finding dentists were all asking, you know, what do I need to do? How do I do this? Do that? And basically, you told us, you know, you got to think like a billionaire. You don't ask how you do something; you ask who's going to do that. And I, I remember. Uh, Ed Peace was sitting in the back yeah. of the room, and and, and uh, I had met Patty through the missions work, and yeah, uh, and Ed, we had to leave because we were heading to our daughter's first granddaughter's first birthday party, and we just handed Ed a business card. Got in touch with him later, but we hired him as the who. He was the guy that led that project, yeah, and and uh, you know, with him. Uh, we didn't have any doubts. We, it wasn't a scary process mm. going through that because we knew he was going to handle that. And, and it was a big project for us. But, but part, so he, I, he was, he's a friend of mine who's done a bunch of mission work with me as a developer. So I, so when he comes out, so he helped you find the site and, and you, but you guys spent a lot of time getting, Right, California is not an easy place to build an office, which is why it's such a good payoff, right? Like to just go through it. So, how long did it take from you know, kind of the first meeting to even being able to put a shovel in the dirt? You know, well, it took that was May of 2018. It took to May of 2019 to get zoned, and then uh, probably almost another year for plans and permits and we were just about ready to start in march of 2020 and then you know what happened then yeah and then uh so it was probably september of 2020 till building actually started and then it took till the end of 2021 to get done so we moved in right at the end of 2021 so let's talk a little bit about the building. How big? I mean, it's a beautiful building. Um, I've, you know, you guys obviously did a great job on the design of it. But is it a? What does it mean, like in the community now that you see that building? Right? Like, is it? Uh, it it's on a very prominent corner. It's very visible. 
a lot more visible in our old office. And we have patients or people I meet in town that I don't even know. They'll say, man, that's a beautiful building. And, and it's just, it, it, it is probably the most beautiful building I've seen around here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, the building itself is about 11,000 square feet. We're occupying 7,200 of it. And we have 3,800 that we first thought about selling as a condo and then we've thought about maybe leasing it yeah. as something and now I, I talked to you a few weeks ago about yeah. a new idea with that so uh, and, and we have room that we can expand into also there so the extra space that was just sitting there shell you know just as an empty shell was how much bigger than your original office, right? That first, so it's kind of awesome. Right? Oh, and you're just like yeah, our first. Our first office was thirteen hundred square feet. Yeah, so you could our, fit our second office was thirty six hundred. Right, so yeah. that's you put three of your first offices in the extra shell, and that's the beauty, right? When you build the building, that was you never do that when you lease space, right? There's never any extra space. You know, there's no way to grow when you. People only no. lease what they they need at that moment. They very rarely do they lease for for this. So, all right. So, you're you're roughly. So you build this building, and and you know I can see your face when you talk about the building, right? I mean it's it's there's nothing but positivity out of this building, right? I mean, right. Yeah, people walk in and they're they're blown away. Um, yeah, we, we won an award for, we were the first place commercial building in the Northern California, Nevada region. That's awesome. A lot, a lot of commercial buildings. In yeah, area. that's pretty cool. Yeah. But that's that's kind of a great legacy. And then to be in there working with your kids, right? It's pretty special. So what other, um, so, and do you, do you, can we talk a little bit about, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of, uh, of, the doctor working and creating some wealth along the way, right? So this building that you buy and you spend all this time in, um, have you, right? I'm assuming that it instantaneously, once it was constructed, was worth more than you had put in it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, is it kind of, without going into numbers, does it, does it sort of shock you to think that you could do something? It's different than a house, right? When you buy a house, a lot of times, you know, I guess unless you build it yourself, but, you know, a lot of times we end up, you know, you build a house and it's kind of, all right, well, there it is, but this is a little different, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. From, from what we put into it cost-wise and uh, developing it and all that, it, it's certainly worth a lot more than what it costs to build. Nice. And so, best investment you ever made, second best, worst. How do you how do you put it? Well, my wife is obviously my best. It's true. Good answer. Yes. Yeah. I, I get points for that. Well, but yeah, this this is definitely the and and just you know what we're able to do in it. That's the day to day because. The, we use design ergonomics for the layout and it's just, we can work so much better in it than our old office. It's not like dental offices and, you know, we, we can 
just see more people, obviously, because of the size and the team. But uh, yeah, it just there's much more than the value of the building. There's the value of the practice and the value of your team. I, you know, I, I get a lot of clients that, you know, they'll come up and they'll mention they got a kid coming up or something. And and it's always funny. They're they're sort of hesitating, you know, and I'm like, man, this changes everything, you know, because I get so excited for them. I'm like, it, and, it, and it really is true, right? Like that that has turned out to be one of the great joys of your life, right? To to really create a legacy, I mean, which is what I think you have done there, right? Is to create something that is. Yeah, it'll be going on a long time after I'm not here. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. You got to get a nice portrait of you made. You know what I'm saying? That's what I always say. <laughs> fa- like a Chick-fil-A when you walk in and see yeah. the founder. How did you like? <laughs> we, uh, Bob is in our uh, uh, top, like we have a group called CEO Group and what did you think about that whole experience that we did? That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. And you know, the thing we got to remember is when you go there, they don't talk about chicken. They're talking about their people, yeah. know, how they grow their people, yeah, how they treat people. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of chickens anywhere. <laughs> no, no, building. no. I, we have more chickens around here. That's for sure. We're, we're, we live near the biggest chicken processing so think about, think about, so we, we did a tour of the Chick-fil-A corporate facility and they were sharing with us that at the time that Truett Cathy built the corporate headquarters, which was very big, that they had something like 20 people working there and interest rates were, you know, 16 or 17 percent. And boy, I think everybody, when we heard that, right, it just... I mean, when you, when you think about you making a decision at, you know, what you what you thought was the end now to pony up and to do this really, this legacy building, right? I don't know about you, but when, when I heard that story, I kind of felt like, well, my, my big stretches weren't quite as much as I thought, you know? No, uh, no, no. Uh, it, made, it made this uh, project seem easy. But, but it was a big stretch, right? No, it's all, it I was. mean, I think that's the, I think it, I think it was, did you get some good ideas for how you could, uh, did that help you to sort of formulate, okay, how do we tell our story? And. Oh yeah. I, I want to get some of those nice yeah. boards on the wall yeah. with history and yeah. old pictures and yeah. trail to here. Yeah. We were, uh, I had one client, he, he can't get out of his mind that, you know, when we two toured his office there was that i don't know if it's like a it's called a remington or something it was one of those uh bronze stat like silver statues and yes. apparently they're they've become worth just a lot of money and this client he keeps asking me he's like do you think he bought this for that or they you know i'm like i don't know man, that's just a, that's just time working in your favor you know buy something good and it becomes much more valuable over time yes and you buy something bad or not great, and it never becomes more valuable, right? So when you think about that appreciation of a quality building and the free patients that are walking in now who didn't notice you before because you were tucked around the corner, right? I mean, I, I think these are all things I hope if you guys are listening that you can, you, you know, you, you, you understand, you know, you, you, can, you can get the value of that. Um, okay. So, so a 400 plus percent increase in new patients, 
136% increase in collections. Um, we've been at this a long time, right? We keep you, you generosity. So what he was describing as generous givers is a group I've been involved with for years. And I would, I would just offer to pay the tuition if my clients are part of it, if my clients would go and you guys opted in for that. Tell me about that experience for you. So you're sitting around a bunch of, uh, very generous people, right? And it I know when I when I went and I think I was very I gotta say I was a little proud of how much I had given away that year and I got humbled really quick. What, what was that experience like for you? Oh that exactly like that. You know, you, you, you see these videos, testimonies of what people have done and, and it's just it's it's inspiring. It's uh drives you on to do more and, and we learned how you can set up a donor advisory fund very easily yep. for the purpose of giving and how you can just regularly just put money into that. And, and to me, it's like leveraging. Now you've got that sitting there and, Oh, let's find, let's find a place. That's awesome. Cause like a couple of weeks ago, we were over at the college and we were able doing a library renovation to help with that. So, you know, you, if you're, somebody comes to you and asks for a check, you know, oh, let me see what I got. Well, you got that sitting there, and uh, it, it's just ready to go at any time. But I think that's the other beauty of your story that for people listening, I want, you know, I think everyone has this impression, you know, that when I when I get to spend a day with somebody who I don't know, like, you know, in that, in that seminar we did or whatever, and, you know, I think so many people have in, in they had this vision of the way it was going to be, right? And the business was going to be successful, and you would be this sort of fully actualized person, and and you would be revered in the community, and you your team would love you, and you'd be generous. And and I think the truth is, a lot of people that they they don't that's not happening, right? And they get they get lost in the the littleness of running that practice sometimes, right? Right. It, it helps to have, have a, a big focus, a big purpose that you can constantly come back to. Yeah. Uh, and for me, that, that's the big thing. You know, our, our practice, we say Turlock Dental Care, bringing smiles to life. And, and my team, I, I stress the point, you know, how do we make that happen every day? How are you going to bring smiles to our patients? How are we going to bring smiles to each other? How can we bring smiles to the community? And, and it just, you know, if everybody's focused on that, the hard work's done, I think. So I did a, a three-day financial event not long ago, and you you had, um, let's talk a little bit about your investment in your team and your family, and it was so fun to see you bringing your daughters and, and, and in-laws and, and encouraging them to work on good, solid financial plans and to... Right. I mean, how, how fun was that for you to where to get them kind of on the plan you're on? Right. And do. Yeah. Right. You know, and help them get going at a lot of younger age than I yeah. finally figured it out at. But that they got so much out of that event. Uh, and my son in law, he's asking me questions all the time. What do you think of paying this off? What do you think about investing here wow. and stuff we didn't talk about? That's pretty cool, right? I mean, yeah. cause that's what, you know, because they, 
we get we get, they get off the path, right? The whole everyone's trying to get us to. Everybody wants the money. You know, they want to. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about your advice for younger doctors. I mean, as we sort of go through your story, and I, I appreciate you sharing, you know, that. What, what, so what are some of the things, I mean, 40 years in dentistry, you've managed to stay married for 40 years, which means you didn't have to split half your money, which I tell everyone that's always a really good decision financially, right? But yes. And then 40-year commitment to a community, which you then sort of, top off with this really lovely, you know, building that, that improves the town. Right. Um, so what, I mean, what kind of tell me what, you know, when, when, when a young doctor sort of says to you, Hey, you know, if for someone listening to this, who's, you know, they're listening because this is free, you know, <laughs> you know, like what, 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 I don't know, what, what sort of advice do you give them? You know, that's the, well, I think mostly is don't try to do everything yourself. I think you need to find a mentor that yeah. you see eye to eye with on philosophy and how you belief system. Uh, be open to criticism or advice. Uh, don't take it personally. I think uh, surround yourself with people that do things that you're not gifted at. Yeah. Uh, and, and let them make mistakes. You know, I as, as the lead doctor, I, I know I can jump in there and do it faster and do it well. But I, I need to let associates get in there and learn and, and, and figure those kinds of things out. Same with my team leaders, and I encourage them to do this with their team. Is that you empower your team, empower those with you to do more and, and mm. just just let go of things. So as you kind of think about that, um, you know, and I think that growing fruit, you know, is something that resonates certainly with you. Um, did you have friends that took a different path and said, hey, I'm going to, I mean, you ever you ever get to kind of watch what what's going on in their lives if their lives are expanding or shrinking, or do you do you get a do you get a sense of that at all, or do you just have your head down and live in your own life? And well, I you know I talk I've I talk to other friends of mine that are dentists and 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 they're you know they're my age, and they're at that point they're selling out, they're yeah. killing the golden goose as you would say. Uh, I just had a discussion with a specialist last week who had done that route, even though about a year ago I told him to run away. Yeah. But, you know, it's sad. It's sad to see that. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, there's uh, some people that I've referred to you that have stuck with it and yeah. grown. And, and, and we see, I see huge turnarounds in their life. So... Yeah, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. So, okay. So any, you know, when you think about um, some of the best advice that I've ever given you, are there certain things that uh, have really stuck with you? Like uh, if it's a morning ritual or are there are a couple of things that you just go, man, I just, these are ones I really, obviously the debt reduction system, right? That yeah, was, that, that's, that's that way up there. The, the early morning success ritual, uh, you know, 
my my command center. Yeah. You know that when I get up in the morning, that there there's some things that I don't deviate from, and and, and it's just getting up and making my transfers and seeing yeah. where I am and getting ready for the day. And, and that comes to your health as well to do some things in the morning before you, you go off to the office. Um, and and I, I think, you know, getting rid of debt, yeah. uh, having focused savings towards things, uh, focusing on letting the money flow outward yeah, and then it will come in. Yeah. It, for most people, it's like that, giving part is what's left over after everything else. Uh, I think those are the big things. Yeah, that's awesome. So how are you, like when you now look into the future, you know, what are you, are you optimistic? I mean, you're in the state of California. We hear, we hear lots of things, obviously, you know, we all hear uh, various things. You guys have a, uh, pretty notorious uh governor who uh right who is i think planning on he's got some interesting things planned it, it looks like uh i i had bid on uh and and i've learned that there's a lot of conservative people actually in california i i had bid on an auction thing and i went to napa and and i got to meet these owners and you know, we, they took us out for this nice dinner. And I mean, man, they just went in on politics. And I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting <laughs> this. I thought I was just going to, I thought, you know, we just wouldn't talk about this. But it was interesting and the rolling blackouts and, and, and a lot of things, right? So um, is, 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 is California, I mean, do you feel at times they make it difficult, more difficult to be in business? Or do you feel kind of insulated from that where you are? Uh, I think. The, the arms of Sacramento reach all over the state. It's just, it's, yeah. it's difficult in some ways. There, there's a lot of red tape. Yeah. Uh, I think California's motto is whatever the federal government can do, we can duplicate it at more costs. So they just try to do more and more stuff. But that said, you know, here in the middle of the state, or of what I would call like the Bible Belt of America, yeah. running up the middle of the state compared to the, the edges of the state. Right. Uh, and, and I think we just focus on what we have control. Yeah. And we stay in our bubble and we we do what we do every day and, and leave the rest that's, to God. That's what you got to do, right? I mean, I think that's yeah. for everybody, right? It's just... That's what I was curious. I mean, I think a lot of things beyond our control, right? We just gotta gotta keep keep taking care of the patient, take care of your team. Hey, one That's last it. one last thing I want to ask you because I know this is sort of pet peeve for people that I meet who have small staffs, and they have this this thought in their brain when we you know when you said you know thirty five staff members, thirty six staff members, you know they immediately go, oh, I knew there was a catch to this thing. You know, I can just imagine somebody like, oh man, I was lost at that. You know, <laughs> tell me about the the incorrect assumptions that maybe you had about um, having more people versus having less. Is there some? Is it do, when you have less? And they're not great. Did you discover that having more good ones actually is much easier, or is it more difficult? Tell me about that progression for you. Yeah, I, you know, looking back, uh, 
over 11 years ago, we had a fairly small staff and, and I probably didn't deal with things like I should. And there was probably half of them that uh, weren't pulling their weight, but, you know, figured that's as good as we get. I don't know. Yeah. It just, you know, now I look at it, you know, we, we grow and we see a need for somebody and we bring that person in and maybe we create a different role for them as we see their gifts and their talents. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think carrying a lot of, we're not carrying any dead weight. Yeah. We created new roles, new positions, new things we didn't do in the past. Uh, and, and you just, you hire the right people. Uh, we were just commenting, we, we hired two new people in our call center. One of them has dental experience and the other doesn't. But they both have great personalities. And they both are teachable and yeah. all that. And, and one of them is a waitress. In fact, we have three people on our team that are former waitresses oh. because we, we like their attitude. Yeah, I love that. I was out, I was at a church the other day and a guy comes up to me, man, I'm so mad you stole my favorite waitress. <laughs> I eat every day. So, but, well, she can but, take care but, of your teeth now, buddy. Come on. <laughs> that's right. That's but, great. You know, it's just, it's just that, uh, you know, we, we've been much better at the hiring process. My daughter, Catherine, right. is the lead person on that. And saves me from doing the hiring and firing, obviously. But you've also been very generous with your team. You give them trainings. You send them to the university. That was a big change, right? The investment oh, yeah. that you make yeah. in them. Yeah, the, it, definitely an investment. And and we've seen the fruits of that. Yeah. Our team leaders, we have a quarterly meeting with one yeah. of your trainers yep. every quarter. And she keeps us on, on task and nice. helps us to fine-tune everything and then we have the full team trainings that we do we have the you the yeah. uh, all those things have very well paid back yeah. the investments great well listen i want to thank you so much and congratulations on the new practice and just uh how all that's come together so thanks thanks again for taking the time oh and i want to thank you you know yeah. I, I can't imagine where i am today uh, 11 years ago, or can't even think, how did I get here? But, yeah. uh, we're thankful. Well, it's fun to be part of it. And you guys are, you know, it's a, you have a lovely family and it's just a pleasure every time we get to see you guys. So, all right, Dr. Bob McCullough, McCullough thank you so much for joining us. And um, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Will I see you in Vegas or? I will be there in Vegas. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, looking forward to <laughs> it's it. It's my new slogan. What happens in Vegas is coming back to your office. <laughs> All right. It's not going to stay in Vegas. No, that, I decided I needed to counter the Vegas slogan. Yes, I, I like it. Who's your team? Who, is, who are your folks excited to see? Do they have a favorite of the speakers? I mean, you don't have to say me, but besides me, who are they excited? <laughs> besides to you, uh, Tim Tebow yeah, and, I, and, and uh, Neon Dion. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. I, I figured T. I just figured that the Tebow would be a definitely a female favorite, right? They all yes. really like him. So. Oh yeah, we showed them the video, and, and they. They're excited. Yeah, that's funny. We announced our winners last week. Oh, so good. The, the, All right. The six know they're coming. So were they excited? That worked good? That. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had okay. our all-team meeting. I had the, the big fancy tickets that I yeah. gave to the winners. So it was fun. 
I love it. Okay, good. Well, listen, thanks again. Appreciate you. Take care. Thanks, Jay. Bye. Bye. Like many of Scheduling Institute's members, and probably you, was introduced to Jay via listening to his content, either on the podcast, through his practice building series, or at one of his live events. Now, it's one thing to sit at home, in your car, or on a plane, absorbing knowledge through a pair of headphones. But nothing compares to being live, in person, with tens, hundreds, and sometimes thousands of like-minded doctors and team members at one of Jay's live events. Attending live adds another level of commitment to implementing what you learn, getting questions answered on the spot, and networking with other growth-minded doctors. This summer, Jay will host his annual Practice Growth Summit, where we'll welcome over 1,500 doctors and team members from around the world who will gather for two full days in Las Vegas to learn from industry experts and business leaders in one of the most engaging atmospheres we could create and no one is capable of recreating. Bringing to the stage, Heisman Trophy winner, Tim Tebow, celebrity dentist and inventor of Zoom whitening, Dr. Bill Dorfman, NFL superstar, primetime, Deion Sanders, host of the hit show, The Doctors, Travis Stork, and several others. Join Jay in his all-star lineup, live in Las Vegas, this June 15th through the 16th at Caesars Palace. Learn more by calling 770-518-7575.